What's up, Internet? You're tuned to episode 120 of the Flip Screen Games Podcast, a weekly video game podcast where two best buds from different nations come together to discuss the wide, wide world of video games. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, hello. Hello, Stephen. What a week. What a week we got here. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a sad week. A very sad week in, in, in gaming. A very sad week for Sony in general, really. Yeah, it's um kind of a downer note for our last like proper episode of the year, but it's a juicy one, so... You know, uh, if you're a fan of the news deep dives, it's a big one because Insomniac, uh, of course, the team uh, most recently known for uh, their work on Spider-Man, uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2, uh, has unfortunately been the victim of a massive hack that has, um, you know, I mean, very, very uh, encompassing, right? I think the the major headline um, that is getting pulled away from it is, of course, that Pretty much the entirety, right, of of Wolverine uh, 2026 has has leaked online, as well as a roadmap that shows uh, the the studio's plans for basically the next 12 years or so. Um, but I think you know most importantly, right, is uh, a good n- amount of personal identifying information uh, for employees at the studio seems to also be part of of that leak, um, which is. You know, obviously, you know, uh, as much as people are, I think, reacting and getting excited about, you know, the the tidbits of news and everything that come out about something like this. I think it's really important to remember that human cost and like how messed up it is to do something like this. Yeah. So last week, this group, uh, Ricida, who are known as uh, a ransomware group, they first read their head in, in March 2023 put out on their um on their dark web website that they had hacked insomniac they put a screenshot up with a bunch of files passports screenshots from wolverine and they said unless you give us 50 bitcoins or around two million dollars uh we're gonna leak everything on on the web and today seven days later they, they did exactly that they put it up so only didn't pay up and um now everything is available. 98% of the files were leaked. It looks like there's some possibility that the passports and the personal information of the, the developers at the studio were, wasn't in the public leak. Yeah, and was um, just instead sold to somebody who can now steal their identity. And yeah, that it was sold. Um, so they said that the, the data that wasn't sold, they uploaded, that was 98%, which is around 1.67 terabytes, 1.3 million files that people are now trawling through. Insane. Insane. And um, you, you've got some statements here from uh, Rice City. You want to read those? Yeah. So uh, Cyber that. Daily, uh, when I'd have no idea how you pronounce it, it's a centipede, right? But I don't know. Is it Ricida, Ricida, Ricidia? It's not. I think I said Cidia and it's not because it's just an A at the end. So let's mm-hmm. we'll go with Ricida, I guess. That's how you okay. So, so Ricida gave some statements to Cyber Daily, which is a. Uh, a publication that reports on these ransomware attacks all the time. Uh, and in an email, they said, yes, we knew who we, we were attacking. We knew that developers making games like this would be an e- easy target. And they also said that the hack itself did not present much of a problem. And their spokesperson said that we were able to get to the domain administrator within 20 to 25 minutes uh, of hacking the network. Um, and they 
And when posed with the question um, that Sony was investigating the incident, uh, they said that Sony has launched an investigation, but it would be better in their own backyard. Um, I think implying that they really should close up whatever hole uh, Ricida used in order to hack them. Yeah, which, like, you know, um, I think is probably fair, right? Because, I mean, this is obviously not the first time Sony's been hacked. Um, there was a, a hack they were the victim of earlier this year that affected personal information for some of their employees. Um, there was the hack with The Last of Us Part Two. The, all right. those files got leaked as well. Yeah, and then, I mean, obviously, you know, years ago before that, back in, what, 2014 now, quite a, mm-hmm. <laughs> quite a long time. Uh, ago now but um that uh th- that was when the sony pictures division was hacked as well and there was that massive email uh leak that led to a ton of different you know stories and drama coming out of all that so i think it's fair to say that sony doesn't have the best track record when it comes to cybersecurity, and you know that at this point maybe they should you know uh have kind of plugged up some of those holes after being the victim of multiple attacks um i think that's certainly fair to say uh, but, like, they're far from the only uh, folks who have been targeted, right? Yeah, so we had other developers, like, last year, Rockstar, right, with GTA 6. That was, like, a leak through some basic kind of manipulation managing to counter their slap. And there was, but like, Ricida, teenagers in the UK who ended up getting arrested for that Yeah, one, right? they ended up getting arrested. Ricida seems to be a much um, organized group. Uh, they they uh, they seem to have ties with with Russia coming out of Russia. Um, so at least that's what the US government seems to think. And um, they've targeted people like the British Library. They want to try to get uh, like 300 grand out of them. Yeah, they like shut hospital. the website down for like a, a few days, right? A good while, yeah. There was a hospital that they targeted and threatened to leak people's medical information, including members of the royal family, if they didn't pay up. Um, so these people kind of, they stormed onto the scene in march but they really are just like targeting anyone and everyone they pitch themselves as like a group who are trying to help you that they found a security hole in in your network and they want to make sure that you can kind of tie it up and in order to do that you pay them the two million they won't leak your files and they'll also tell you how they hacked you um but when they yeah and of course really really cool way to do that is to to uh threaten to do that <laughs> by sending them pictures of their passports and then acting like you're doing them a favor it's like come on guys mm-hmm. like let's be honest with ourselves right like you guys are extorting people for money and yeah. if that's what you're doing why don't you just be honest about it right I, like i mean that they're, they're pretty honest extorting with... people and leaking information illegally either way let's not try to act like you're a legitimate business like Come on. I mean, when when Cyber uh, Cyber Daily asked them what their motivation was, they were pretty blunt and honest about it, and they said that money was the only motive for the attack. Right. So it's pretty clear they're just doing this to to make make money, and they're clearly very good at it as a group. It's I'd like imagine so it's a good feel with them. It's so disappointing to me, like when you hear stories like this, just because like to have that skill set and like use it to just do this overtly malicious shit is like so disappointing i feel like it's it's like a superhero you gotta use powers for good yeah i was not very happy about that Uh, yeah i'm not right like i'm just saying like you know it's like you could be hacking like you know you could be going edward snowden on it you know yeah and like using those powers to like actually like do something productive and not just like and especially like (laughs) this like to go after like playstation fine right and to be like 
we're going to leak, you know, uh, footage from Wolverine or this or whatever, right? Like, that's, like, already not a cool thing to do, right? Like, I, I don't think that um, you should be hacking into people's servers and leaking uh, footage from from their games, right? It's a It's a crappy, malicious thing to do, right? But to leak, like, people or to sell people's, like, identification is such an evil thing to do to a person you know like that is just like you do not give a fuck about other people to be doing shit like that and i think that's just it's disappointing you know it's like just be better you know yeah it is surprising i mean i'm surprised we didn't get a statement from sony other than the fact that it was seven days ago they put out a statement to Eurogamer saying we're aware of an attack that was basically the statement they put out yeah they said that they, they were aware of the attack and they had no reason to believe that other studios had been affected at that time which is like come on where's where's the statement from insomniac where's the statement from sony where's the kind of you know the message that we got when rockstar was attacked which was like we're really disappointed this is not how we wanted you to see our game yeah. everyone here has been really badly affected by it I, Please I don't share all this data around. I would imagine that the reason that that isn't happening is because Sony's lawyers are are telling them not to comment on things, and and maybe and maybe that's different because I know that like in like we've had instances in the past where studios like Insomniac right have put out statements independently of their parent company, um, and sometimes at odds with what their parent company has to say, right? And like have been like, well, this is how we feel, and like it is what it is. Um, well, yeah, so, that was the whole thing with Jim Ryan, right? When it was, right, came exactly. to the the abortion stuff in America, exactly, right. So it's not like it's not like that can't happen. So, like, you know, theoretically, I guess Insomniac could say something, but I would imagine the reason that they're not saying anything is because they're afraid of some legal liability, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if um, the fact that like they've been the vi the victim of multiple uh, sustained attacks that have led to people who work there's uh, personal information being leaked um is potentially actionable right like i don't know enough about i'm not a lawyer i don't provide legal advice or legal commentary anything like that of course um but i would imagine that as an employee you have a, a reasonable expectation that your employer uh will take you know reasonable action to protect your to protect personal information or personally identifying information like things like your social security number or your or your medical records or things like that right like i imagine that um the fact that now they've they've had sustained attacks against multiple studios where people have been affected in the same way and they've not taken action right is is potentially something that they could be sued for by their employees um or at least those who've been infected right and i wonder if that is the reason that they're being quiet is because they're trying to um mitigate damage that would be not to justify I mean, that, that would be my place, guess yeah that's my it's, a, it's, a, it's weird to just stay silent when i see developers from other playstation studios on x talking about it neil Druckmann expressing his support for insomniac for example but we hear nothing from insomniac themselves talking about it i thought we would have heard something but you know it, there's there's no reason to doubt the legitimacy of this leak it's not like they need to come out and be like yes obviously yeah right we were the victim leak, of leak you know? like clearly i looked at <laughs> uh, you know i've seen a terabyte's worth of information circulating on twitter yeah. so you know deeply yeah it, it's one of those things where it's like what do they what can they even say right like it's like yeah like we got hacked and it's a sad day yeah really, we didn't really pay sad. the money sad day right like okay yeah i mean 
I imagine. Do you think? Do you think the the thought of paying the money, um, crossed their mind? I think you probably pay the two million about it, but I think that there's like a real like you know it's like the we don't negotiate with terrorists thing right like it's like if you Mm. if you if you give them the money what stops them from them going and being like okay we did it at not dog okay we did it at sony santa monica give us another two million give us another two million like you know you're emboldening them them to keep doing it you're showing that it's at this point i'd be like clean rooming on my studios i'd be cutting off their internet connections making sure no one can get get into my networks until i can figure out how this how this leak happened. That's what they should be doing, right? And, like that's what how, they should have done after Naughty Dog. Yeah, and how they can stop this kind of shit happening again. Cause like I sent you a, a, a link um when when I was in looking into and doing some research on Mercedes. There's there's software that they could have installed that would have identified this ransomware being downloaded and executed. Essentially what it does is it runs some command line files in the background that you don't know about and slowly goes through every single folder and every single file and uploads it to their servers and then leaves you a PDF behind saying you've been a victim of a really critical leak, uh, a crit- critical cyber attack, and you know you can pay us and we'll tell you what happened. It's terrible. Really terrible. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, uh, our hearts go out to the, the folks affected, right? Like, and, and I think, obviously like we said, the people who have like had their information potentially stolen and sold or whatever, like are obviously the folks who are the most affected, but also like, I really feel bad for the people who are working on Wolverine right now, where that's, this isn't how they wanted their game to get revealed. Right. And it's like, there's a lot well, of yeah, stuff. We've had other games that, you know, are coming out next year that we had no idea about that. The kind I've of had surprise their reveal now it's been ruined. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's obviously a bummer, right? For for everybody involved, and you know, um, I, I'm a big fan of Insomniac as a studio, right? I really enjoy their work, and you know, Spider Man Two was one of my favorite games this year. So you know, I uh, obviously I wouldn't want this to happen to any studio, but it's especially disappointing to see it happen to a studio that um, makes such high quality stuff that I like so much. You know, that like to have that that moment taken away from them is a real bummer. You know, um, so you know. Obviously, that is the the highlight here, right? Is like this is not cool, and I am upset because I am excited to talk about some of the stuff we're gonna get into here. But it is a real bummer to have this kind of stink on it, this negative, uh, this this anti silver lining uh, to this, right? Um, yeah, is is uh, it, it gives me no pleasure to to report on this stuff in this way, which is a bummer. Um, but you know there are some really big implications here that um speak to conversations you and I have been having ongoing for the last year, and I think we would be remiss to not talk about them. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to but, shift yeah, there's, a, there's and, a few things, right? There's like yeah. the whole. And I guess if you don't want to know about any of this stuff, if you want to, you don't want to hear about any of the stuff related to the leaks. Now it's time to drop off because we will be talking about some of it. And I will say, I want to give context of what we'll be talking about so that you can be comfortable knowing what you know where the line is for you as an individual, and you can make the informed choice to jump out now or stick stick around for the talk. So right now, where we won't be spoiling any details of story beats. Uh, we won't show any footage. We won't show any design documents. So if there's, if you don't want to see anything, that's fine. Like you will not see anything. 
However, we are going to talk about the leaked timeline of games that is, you know, seemingly detailing Naughty Dogs, or I'm sorry, Insomniac's uh, efforts up until like 2035 or whatever. So <laughs> if you don't want to know about that game that Steve's talking about that is going to come out that hasn't been announced, we are going to talk about that sort of thing. So, you know, where the line is for you, obviously, no matter what, it's cool, right? So if, if you're going to jump now, thanks for joining us. If you're going to stick around, um, let's get into it. So let's talk about what we've learned, right? Uh, as I said at the top, basically all of Wolverine has leaked. The full cast of uh, characters, gameplay footage, stuff about uh, traversal. There's some early animations and uh, some leaked cutscenes and stuff. Um, there is a, a vertical slice of uh, the city of Mandrapur that is about 20-ish minutes. Um, so it, it's like it's the bosses, like basically everything. You can read the whole plot, more or less. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's it's very similar in scope to what happened with The Last of Us Part Two leak, where it's like the whole game's out there now. So, you know, uh, this is mostly a PSA for you to... You know, if you don't want to see any of that stuff, then I'd go mute some words. I'd stay off Twitter for the next couple of days. Do what you can, right? Um, let me ask you this, Steve. Have you seen any of it? Oh yeah, I've seen. I've seen a ton of this. Um, yeah, I have too. What do you think? It, I, I mean, I think what I've seen, the game looks really cool. I'm less interested in the game and what it looks like at this point. I think people looking at it and going, "Oh, it doesn't look very good," or "This doesn't look right." It's like Come on, man. Why are you even looking at it in the first place? But, like, also for me, it's the, like, internal documents, the design documents, the the kind of how they go about making things in the same way that I was really interested in the internal documents during the FTC leak with Xbox and when they uploaded the, all that stuff, right? It's the stuff you don't see, the behind the scenes, the business dealings, the learning about a, a new roadmap, learning about, like, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff in the design document for for Wolverine about how they want characters to clothing to have like bunched up stuff and things like that. How that you would gather reference images when you go out and about on location. All of that stuff is so cool to me, um, and it's the kind of stuff I watch GDC talks for. And I'd imagine yeah. this is the kind of stuff that I would see at like a GDC talk. But this is like an internal presentation. I didn't look at the vertical slice. I haven't really looked at any of the gameplay stuff because. I don't really want to. I don't think the cast was interesting to me. Specific people in there were interesting to me. I see. It's so funny because we looked at opposite stuff. I didn't look at that because I don't want to know. I don't want to oh. know what characters are in it. I, I don't know be... any of the people. I just know the right. actors. I don't know the characters. So, so okay, yeah. So I mean, like, I want to be surprised by the characters that show up. I don't want to know the plot. Like those are the things that are uh, unique to me right and it's like those can be spoiled to me looking at you know the the not finished gameplay footage i get that same kind of reaction that you're talking about with the art stuff where it's like it's just kind of cool to see how the sauce is made right where it's yeah. like when yeah, i yeah. can i get to the point where i get to boot the game up and i can see you know uh the systems in action it's going to be cool to think back and be like oh yeah like I saw that when it was wireframe and it was like, you know, they were showing you like how traversal worked. And it's like, this is a slight spoiler. Um, there's like a scene where they're showing Wolverine 
Like I have seen that gun at the wall and in the window. Yeah, right? he's like, in, you're yeah. like going to investigate a, a cat. I won't say the character, uh, but you're going to investigate it like an apartment. And you go and he jumps and puts the claws in and climbs up the wall. And then you get in there and you use like it's like a detective vision, like from Arkham or whatever, where like you're using Wolverine's sense of smell to like try to identify like when the person was there and where they might have went and you know some of that kind of stuff like looking for clues and i'm like oh like you can see how that loop would play out and it's like that's great like that's that's the stuff i was you know interested in uh in checking out so, yeah, yeah see I mean, for me it's, it's the opposite i like all the all the production stuff the behind the scenes like there's like a we obviously know now from the leak where it's all set and stuff, which is, I guess, something we didn't necessarily know before. That was something that had been leaked earlier as well. Like one of the, you, you remember a while ago, there was like those rumors that came out about Wolverine and we we're like, we don't know if they're real or not, but this is kind of what people are thinking. The, the, it taking place in Madripoor was one of the things that was part of that leak reveal, whatever that was, you know, not a reveal, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The insider yeah. was sharing that. And now we know that's true, right? 25, 25 minutes of it, uh, you can see. I haven't seen that because I couldn't download it. No, uh, but you can tell that it's probably it's based in that kind of area based on, like... Some of the art. You look stuff. at the design documents and the art styles and the neon signs and all of that stuff. You kind of know where... See, and it's like, all that I really wanted to look at, but I'm like, I don't want to look at it because it's going to spoil things. I don't want to know it what... It actually doesn't. So no, okay. that, all it shows you is, like, pictures of, say, like, bamboo scaffolding and how they want to take pictures of that okay. those reference images and turn that into actual assets in okay, the game and what they should be doing to make those assets like when you're making clothing make sure it's all bunched up and scruffy and not like perfectly smooth and stuff so it's like pointers for artists when they're i the game. i think the my big, big takeaway here is like I'm just so excited for this game. I know that it's super disappointing for them that like this information is out there and that people are, are going to be spoiling themselves on the plot and everything. And this is all stuff that they would want to not be out there. Um, I kind of hope they, they legitimately release a trailer now. Yeah. The vertical slice themselves. Something. And they're just Something. like, but I hoped that with GTA six and we had to wait a very long time for that trailer. So yeah. maybe they don't want and it's to. like, don't rush, right? Like don't, don't react to this and put something out too soon, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I hope that um, I hope that the reactions that I've seen that are positive are at least of some solace to that team to see like, hey, at least people are excited about what we're doing. Like, you know, like you said, there are obviously people who are looking at it and bitching, but it's like to me, those are the same assholes that complain about like the reflections and the puddles in Spider-Man. It's like I'm not interested in that person's opinion, you know, like at the end of the day, um, if I'm honest, mm -hmm. uh, I think. You know, the vast majority of people are probably looking at this and being like, man, this is going to be a fun game, huh? Which I hope that that at least gives them a little bit of peace of mind, you know, because I can't wait. Can't wait for it. It's a bummer that it's in 2026. I was hoping that that, <laughs> that it was going to hit that 2025 release uh, that they originally had planned. But say well, I guess we, we don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Yeah, they might pull it up. There's like several so. documents and we don't know the timeline of them. Yeah, I think I do. Right. I think I've proved the timeline. Let's walk through it. You let me know if, if you disagree. But so I have two two timelines that I'm going to take us through. And again, you know, I, I'm not sharing these images. I don't think it's right to um, publicize this stuff. If you want the visual uh, element, you can go check it out yourself. But we'll walk you through it. So there are two timelines that have, have been found. 
Um, I'm going to take you through the simplified one first, because this is the one I think is the more recent one. And I think this is like the one that is actually representative of what we're, uh, what we're going to see or what the plan is right now anyway. So uh, it is a timeline that goes from 2023 to 2032. And it shows in 2023, uh, Spider-Man 2, Marvel Spider-Man 2 coming out, right? Obviously, that just came out this year. So to me, that signifies that this is either a, a timeline that was made this year or that was made at the end of last year projecting the next couple of years ahead. Uh, in 2025, it shows a Venom uh, spinoff, which is something that, you know, um, I theorized, right, after playing Spider-Man 2. Um, spoilers for that game, I guess. There's a segment of it that led me to believe that they were working on something involving you playing Venom. I kind of originally thought it would be like, you know, maybe a DLC, but maybe it's like a Miles Morales type thing where it's a shorter experience. Which would make sense looking at some of the other documents, right? Miles Morales was a financial hit for them because um, it costs a lot less to make using the same engine, the same setting, the same everything. It's just one of those smaller titles uh, that kind of Sony really started with um, Uncharted. Yeah, Plus, like and the, the return was great for them on that one, right? You were saying like it... it it made a huge profit. It was a 120% return. So it was a massive profit compared Great. to something like Spider-Man, which I think was at 30%. Which is fine, but it's, you know, it's definitely a lot less. Um, so then after that is 2026, we have Wolverine. Then uh, 2028, they have Spider-Man 3. 2029, they have Ratchet and Clank. And it just says Ratchet and Clank. There's no other identifying information. Uh, and then 2030, they have X-Men. And then uh, there is a, a a slightly different graphic. Like, each one of those is, like, a red line going from the date to the logo. Then they have underneath, like, 2031 uh, to 2032 is kind of just, like, a big red box underneath those two years. And it just says mm -hmm. new IP. So I think there it's kind of, like, the estimation is that somewhere in that window they will release a new IP. So, See, so I, I think the other timeline is the accurate one, the roadmap extended that I've I've popped in the document, this one, because this is from the same document as the X-Men license terms, which were the what you thought were the newer license terms. And this one doesn't mention um, Venom, but has Wolverine in 2025, Spider-Man 3 in 2027, X-Men in 2029. A new IP in 2031, X-Men 3, or To the Power of 3, in 2033. Yeah. It looks like it's X-Men to the Power of 3, but I think the implication is that it, it is a third X-Men game. <laughs> and then a new IP in 2035. Um, but then they also have like a multiplayer timeline, which I'm wondering, based on the news we're going to talk about in the back half of the show, if we get to it... Um, if that if that's completely out the window now with Spider-Man 2 online, Wolverine online, and X-Men online. Um, and the other thing that's interesting about that is with the X-Men online, it's it's showing that it is uh they have multiplayer two point so it's weird. It says multiplayer architecture, like they're working on their multiplayer architecture from 2021 to 2020 into 2024. Multiplayer 1.0 is in 2024 with Spider-Man, uh, multiplayer 2.0 with Wolverine. Then multiplayer 3.0 with Spider-Man 3 and X-Men, but X-Men Online is listed as coming out before the X-Men game. 
which is interesting. Um, here's it's, the thing. It's also, it's also worth noting at the bottom of that first document, it says calendar years are shown above. So it's quite possible that both of the timelines are correct, that we have calendar years on one of them and fiscal years on the other, which would push Wolverine into fiscal year 2026. Sure, but it, but would it doesn't be coming out in 2025. It doesn't explain the the games that are absent from the list, though, right? Because no. um, and I think I I I don't think I think the one that you're looking at right here is the, and I I have that same timeline below, right? I think that's the newer one because it is uh, when you look at it, right? The the one I was just referencing that I just walked us through that starts in this year of 2023. The one mm -hmm. that you just referenced that has the two new IP, the third X-Men game, and all the online aspirations, the multiplayer aspirations, that starts in 2020. And it includes Miles Morales, Spider-Man Remastered, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, as well as uh, Spider-Man 2, right? It's possible that they are, that they are um, you know, contemporary to some degree, but I don't think so, because to me, this shows that those projects have moved around, right? I am not super prepared to speculate on uh, the multiplayer side of it just yet. We can talk about that in a minute. Um, but you look at this list, and it is roughly the same number of games. It's just different games have been added, right? In this yeah. timeline, Wolverine comes out next year. Spider-Man 3 comes out in 2027. An X-Men game comes out in 2029. There's a new IP in 2031, an X-Men game in 2033, and then another new IP in 2035, right? And instead, you have one new IP, Venom, and instead of a third X-Men game, you have Ratchet and Clank. I mean, to me, like, I, I think it, I feel confident that this is the older roadmap because it not only has, you know, this older timeline here, right? Like it, it, to me, it shows that this was made in 2020 or maybe even 2019. It, so it can't have been made then because they didn't sign the license agreement until 2021. So the X-Men license terms wouldn't have been finalized until 2021. Okay, but still then that makes sense though, right? Because then that would include, this is our most recent release. This is what we're putting out this year. And then this is what we're doing moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. So when was Wolverine? I, I still think announced? this is older. Was Wolverine announced last year? I'll look that up. Hold on. I, I don't totally remember the timeline on that. Because my guess is it's it was last year, not not 2021. So they probably had these plans in place. But they clearly had ambitions and plans ahead of time. And I do want I I, I mean my guess would be all the multiplayer ambitions are cancelled. I don't think that that strategy worked for Sony, and I don't think it's going to moving forward. I am inclined to agree. Um, I think the idea that they're working on three different games like this, I just don't, I don't see it. I really don't. Um, let me see. I'm, I, I cannot find where it says, I can't find the reveal trailer because everything I'm searching is coming up with all the new information. Okay, it looks like it was, <laughs> it looks like it was revealed in... This is a fake trailer. I hate you people. Stop it. <laughs> I can't. I can't find it. It's it's some point in the last two years, right? Um. So with that, yeah, I I I think that the timeline we're looking at 
with Venom and everything else involved, to me is, I think, makes more sense. Because I don't think that... I, I, I think that the Venom idea coming into play later makes sense, right? Because if, it, if that was made in 2021, uh, based on the timeline that you're suggesting, uh, they wouldn't have known maybe how much of a hit Miles was going to be financially. Um, or the fact that they had had the time to develop uh, a gameplay system where you play as Venom, right? So to me, the idea that in that timeline, they were like, okay, you know, this multiplayer thing is- they were planning is- to spend all this time on Spider-Man 2 online, and that's not going to happen now, so we've pivoted yeah. and gone back to single player. Wolverine was announced September 2021, so it would make sense that this document was probably from 2021. Um, I had a look to see uh, when Insomniac was acquired, uh, and I think that was a little bit before this. So um, that was, was in 2020. I was going to say so, I thought it was 2020, wasn't it? Yeah. So my my initial theory was these were this was a document because it, it starts at 2020, right? So this was a document that was put together by Sony because it's the it's like got the PlayStation Studios logo on the bottom to talk about the acquisition of them and there's probably a bunch of other documents to talk about that that's like financial stuff i mean it's possible too that that was part of the pitch for them to make the agreement with marvel right because the the thing that you're you're describing as well uh in there what i was going to talk about later but we can get into it now um it breaks down the licensing agreement that marvel and insomniac have uh have entered which um basically uh, it, it breaks down a lot of the financials and everything. Like it's like how much money they're going to spend, how much is going to be committed for development of the game, how much is for marketing, yada yada. Um, but they say here that um, re- the the release will have all games in the agreement released by 2035. Uh, see all games through at least 2038 and later if Marvel allows us to continue. So I guess it sounds like there will be an opportunity for them to maybe renegotiate and to continue making Marvel games at that time. But this takes us through, you know, like the next 12 plus years, basically. Yeah, which I think this document, the extent roadmap extended is just Marvel stuff. I think that's why we don't see Ratchet and Clank why coming out in Venom, 2029. And, I mean, and whether... it says to new IP, right? So it's like, is, is that the... could be a new Marvel IP? It could. They've got the. They've got the X Men stuff. That could be like another X Men offshoot. Maybe we get someone with like it could. Know, why name would another X Men character? Storm. Why would you just Ghost put X Men to the third, fourth, and fifth power then to just show? I that don't know. But where's X Men? Where's X Men Two? That's not there. I mean, that's that's. The, I think that's the point, though. Is that like people are looking at this and assuming that oh, that means they're making an X Men team game? I don't know that that is what it means. If it says I think X-Men, that was probably X-Men Online was the X-Men team game. Maybe, but my, my point is, though, right, that, like, it's Wolverine, it's X-Men, and then it's X-Men 3, right? So it's, like, is the implication there that that is the third X-Men game made by Insomniac, or is it that it's a series? I don't know that that's the case, mm-hmm. because you could very easily have it be, we make a Wolverine game, we make a, you know, I don't know, Nightcrawler, I'll say, just for the sake of uh, giving an example, a Nightcrawler game, and then they make an X Men game where it's a whole team or whatever. Or it could just be that they make another game about a third X Men character. There are like oh, hundreds of hundreds of X Men that you could make games about. So it's like that could mean anything, and it it could be a trilogy of Wolverine games just as easily, right? 
Wolverine, you know, um, has a. I don't. I don't think you then have X Men Online as a title if you're not making a Team X Men game. And again, like, is, uh, is that the question? Is like, was X Men Online, quote unquote, the second X Men game? It's possible, right? Yeah, like, it is possible. Yeah, that could be the second X Men game. I mean, looking at the exclusivity, it says that. X-Men characters can appear in multi-family Marvel games. Yeah, so let me let me read let me read that part Avengers. Uh it says between now and December 31st, 2035, Marvel cannot release or announce any X-Men games on console, PC, streaming or use an X-Men character as a competitive advantage in a game. Example, play as Wolverine in Ultimate Alliance exclusively on Xbox. X-Men characters can appear in multi-family Marvel games, e.g. Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Marvel retains rights to children's games and certain X-Men games from the 1990s, but they cannot release or announce these within 45 days before or after release or announcement of any of our X-Men games. So essentially giving them an exclusive license on new X-Men stuff moving forward, unless it's in the context of like a broader marvel team up property right like i guess you could have an x-men character cameo in like a guardians of the galaxy game or be like a member of the avengers or something like that right mm-hmm. um they break down some of the royalties they break down like the the termination rights and everything it's it's pretty standard right but like basically, the, the royalties were interesting to me though that marvel gets a bigger slice of physical games than digital games which again points towards sony's kind of push towards digital only that they don't even yeah. have to give as big a slice to marvel on those on those games and they own the marketplace so they get the lion's share of the cash anyway makes sense i've got a i've got a comic book question before we move on you know how if you're in the avengers you are an avenger if yes. you're in x-men does that make you an x-man um like yes but they don't really say that you know it's 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 like you're uh you're a member of the x-men Okay, so they didn't come up with a good name for it, so they're just a member of the X-Men. Yeah. You're like a member of the Avengers, but you are an Avenger. That's such yeah. a much better name than an X-Man. <laughs> I think the, the important distinction there too, though, is that like the being a member of the X-Men is like a way different thing, right? Because like the Avengers are specifically like a crime fighting team, whereas like mm-hmm. the X-Men are part of a broader organization that also involves just like a school and like mutant rights organization type efforts right so it's like there are definitely a lot of people within the kind of like x family that are not superheroes they just are children that have powers right so it's like it's it's uh yeah you know doesn't help that it's men too which is like inherently gendered and it's like there is a very large percentage of x-men that are not men (laughs) so that's a whole other thing but you know yeah you gotta yeah, they play it fast and loose with that part a little bit, I guess. <laughs> um, so let's 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 take a let's take a minute to like talk about what we know about some of this stuff, right? So the Venom uh, game that's supposed to come out next year, we got a slide uh, about it that kind of talks about what it's going to be. Um, it says the game is called Venom Lethal Protector, which is awesome. That is a reference to a uh, a famous um, Venom uh, storyline, um, kind of where he like made the switch from being a villain to being an anti-hero um so you know speaks to what we'd be doing in that uh in that context right i'm imagining Mm -hmm. that's harry going out and trying to you know do some positive stuff um and it's an all-new storyline that continues spider-man 2 and leads into spider-man 3 again that makes sense right that sounds like a miles type 0.5 game which is cool 
Uh, it says playable, switchable Venom and Spider Heroes, which I think is interesting. Is the implication there that you're playing as Venom, but you can also switch to Spider-Man? Or, or is it like you swap between Peter Parker and, and What's-Her-Face and she goes on a mission and does stuff? Yeah. I don't know. Mary Jane. Um, and then it says Carnage Infected NYC Burrows is going to be part of it, right? So that's another thing that was kind of established in in the main game and um, something that I figured we would explore in DLC or a spinoff. Natural, I think, conclusion for anybody that played the main game there. Um, they said it's an 8 to 10 hour standalone experience. Uh, the Golden Path is 12 major missions with three event bosses. And then there's, you know, the standard side of, uh, side stuff that you would expect. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it to me, it sounds very much like this is going to be a Miles Morales style uh, experience. It, it's, it's like it could be a DLC, but we're putting it out as a separate game. And we're going to charge you like $50 instead of $70 for it kind of thing. Or $60 you know, like, because again, like I think a DLC, usually you expect that to be, you know, two to three hours or something. I, like I kind of feel like the lines have been blurred with Cyberpunk this year in that you can put out a DLC that they call an expansion and it can be a really beefy, lengthy thing. I think and that's the thing though. An expansion, I think carries a different connotation than I, I think anyway. Right. Like I don't think they exist really much. These they days used, they used to be, they used to be huge. Totally. Totally. And I think when I hear it's like a story expansion, I think of that as being, Oh, that's bigger. It's like a new camp, you know, it's a whole mm -hmm. campaign. And I guess you're right. Like you could do that with this, but you know, I, I think it's the difference of like, the City That Never Sleeps DLC for Spider-Man 1, I think, was $30, right? And it was probably a similar amount of time, but it came out in episodes, like, over the course of a year. And I imagine... That was a really, really dark time for video games, the episodic nightmares that were the original Hitman trilogy. And I just think that, that, like, it shows that that doesn't work. It's tough to maintain no. interest over episodes. I don't think as many people show up for it. It gets treated as inessential, whereas, like, Miles Morales showed that, like, that's a slam dunk because it's a new game and it gets treated like a new game. So mm -hmm. it's, like, I think it it it's it's a it's a double-edged sword, where, or a, not a double-edged sword. I guess it's, like, a dual-pronged approach where it's, like, I think it's probably more financially viable to put out a game like this. And I think you get a little more bang for your buck as a player, right? Because it's like you're talking about a $10 difference between you what you probably would have paid for a DLC. Yeah. But what is overall yeah. a more satisfying experience, I would argue. Got, you usually got to spend a bit more on marketing. You got to put out another physical disc because obviously that's part of their agreement that they've got to do physical versions. Um, uh, one thing I thought was really interesting from these slides is I don't know if you've been noticing. Some of them are confidential. Some of them are secret. There's like different levels of like clearance you have to have at Sony in order to have this information. Like this is really funny to me. So you know, this is this is a confidential one. A couple people find out. The extended timeline was secret, so don't tell anyone. That's because it's not real anymore. That's why. Just as. So then we, you know, Wolverine's next year. We already talked about that plenty. Let's talk about Spider-Man Three because the the timeline that I'm working off of right says that's coming in twenty. Uh, 28 so that's you know um what five years from now right which is seems a little soon honestly but fair enough um it's well, interesting saying that it's a possible like holiday 2027 in one of the slides which um, i think is crazy but i think that's probably based on the original timeline where they thought it was going to come out then and wolverine was going to come in 2025 and it seems like everything's been pushed back a little they have this, so I don't know if you've seen this document, 
which is an interesting one. Um, it's it talks. You gotta about stop pasting links it. to things I have in the document, Steve. Okay, Just scroll I, down. It's right here. It's right here. Okay. Read what really I write. What do I put it's the notes really... together for? If you're not gonna look at them, you son of a bitch. Do you do you buy this approach that it's like a two part game? So that's the thing. This document. What I was about to get to is that the, one of the things that they say is a pitch for the idea as a two part series, and them spending four hundred million dollars across those two games and uh i mean in the document it says spider-man 3 single title holiday 2027 uh estimated lifetime units are 15 million right blah 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 blah. and it has that crossed out and it says the roi there is 50 percent. has that crossed out and then it has spider-man 3 as part one holiday 2027 same release date Part two, holiday 2028, and then uh, day and date um, with part one would be a multiplayer that launches, which we'll talk Mm -hmm. about in a minute. Uh, And then they would put out a combo, like a full version of it in 2029. What I find interesting about this as well is in the initial pitch where it's a single title, uh, they have it marked at $70. For the part one and part two, they have it as $50. So it's in that same lower price range as, um, you know, Miles Morales or or ostensibly Venom or whatever. Uh, so my question is there, right? Like, what do they? I guess what are they? What's the expectation there? Like, is it should we expect that it's going to be if this comes to pass, right? Which I think is debatable at this point. Um, is it I that they're putting it, out? To be honest. Two really parts can't. that are s- shorter, like ten-hour type experiences, like Venom or like Miles, or are they two games that are closer to a full-length title, and they're doing that to, you know, get more out of it? Right. My question is though, it's interesting because in that, right, like I said, there's the the return on investment uh, at fifty percent. They have it broken down for these others where they say part one has an ROI of 41, part two has a 16, the multiplayer has 10%, and then the combo is 100, but then they have for total, it's 30. I'm like, I don't... Well, the, I guess the ROI on the combo is we've already done the work, it costs us $0, which is why the ROI is more than 100%, because they're saying ah, that... okay, I'm with you. Out. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Uh, whereas the other ones, it costs us this much to make. We're gonna we're gonna get ten percent back of it um, in terms of the contribution that we get back. Uh, interesting though that it was gonna be a single title targeting holiday twenty twenty seven, and you know that you talk about the multiplayer. There is that other slide that you've got, which is seemingly from the same document because it's got the same background. Um, I'd be interested to see if the full document does does get um, is included in the leak. It probably will be. I zoomed in a little bit on the side slides, and there's this market opportunity one where it looks like that might release on PC day and date. That it might be a title that is that because they could talk about the PlayStation market opportunity. Which one are you looking at? Is it the one that has? Is it the one that has the three images with the picture yeah. of Gwen? Yeah, that's the one. So it's, yeah. it's no, so it's this one here. The the second the one, one, the other one, the the one I got highlighted. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. I'm looking. Um, and then if you zoom in on slide six, 
sizable opportunity of 12 million day one addressable market upside 70 million so i would imagine they're talking about playstation and then the pc market and whether they do that day yeah, they one. have a pc market in like a separate bubble basically a separate bubble um, but they're like there's the plus together with all three of the current spider-man games um in the in the screenshot so let's so let's talk about this for a second because that's that's the other part of this, right? Is it in addition to the two-parter thing, right? Obviously, we mentioned there's like the multiplayer slide that they have. Uh, they talk about there's this other document I have that it, it or both of these, right? The one Steve's just referring to, uh, it refers to something called the Great Web, which um, you know is a they they say it is the GTA Online for Spider-Man um there's a multiple slides um that we have kind of a, a screenshot of it says a spider hero for every player a welcoming neighborhood the ultimate nyc sandbox a multiverse that matters and i mean it very much seems to be pointing to the spider verse of it all right and that was something that was hinted at in the last game right and mm -hmm. um yeah definitely something i thought we might be getting to when it comes to the next uh spider-man game but not necessarily thinking of it as a multiplayer property. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have some concept art for like what Spider-Gwen could look like. Um, they have a bunch of screenshots of like like um, different spider people. Um, like they have a few different shots of Gwen. There's one here where they have um, the Scarlet Spider. There's one that looks like it's the Punisher in like a Spider-Man outfit. Um, there's like a Venom type costume. They have a couple... Uh, pieces of concept art that look like they're from their screenshots from comics and it's like a t-rex with the venom over top of it it's the 1960 spider-man cartoon and then spider-man noir um there's like a bunch of spider people like swinging towards a um a, a big enemy it looks like it might be a giant rhino um looks like there's madam web there maybe like playing with some of the universe uh thread stuff so, I mean, there's there's a lot here, and it's like you could see that. You could see the vision for that, right, with Spider-Verse and, and that kind of being a thing that's on the in the public consciousness right now. Um, it's all just concept art there at this stage. Like, if you look at the company that's referenced on that Gwen, a Spider-Gwen yeah. um, slide, it's a company called Volta who do, um, who do artwork for a bunch of studios like EA, Bioware, Amazon, THQ, Nordic, Ubisoft. They are concept artists. Right. So, yeah. So it's, it's something that's like, at this point, doesn't seem like it's probably that but far along. it could along. get to this stage, and then it could be like, well, we explored the concept, we looked at the financials, because the other slideshow was a financial one. It's There's like the speech at the bottom from the financial director in Somniac Games. Could be that we explored it. Wasn't it worth doing? We didn't go down that route with multiplayer, and we kind of canned it. We're going to put a pin in that for right now, Steve, because I want to jump ahead and talk about what's going on at Naughty Dog before we finish the conversation about uh, what's happening at Insomniac, because I think it's relevant to this bit of the conversation. But before we do that, let me remind you that this episode of the Flip Screen Games podcast is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of December. They are, of course, Arnold J. Rimmer, Christopher Valenz, Earth Visitor, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Sobe, Pilkey, Snackago, Steve Stompy, Ty the Dude, Susan Loves Cats and Boobies, and Wakahula. Thank you all so much for your support over on patreon.com slash games. You're all the reals to the real, and we greatly appreciate your support of this and all of our sister shows. If you want to go and show your support just like they did, if you want to go check out those sister shows, if you want to write into the show and get involved in the many, many ways that you can, 
head over to flipscreen.games. That's our website where you will find links to all the ways you can get involved all over the web and uh, and much, much more. Head over there, click on some stuff. It helps us out a whole lot. It won't cost you a pretty penny unless you want to go above and beyond to show your support on patreon.com slash games, where you can get all kinds of cool exclusive perks and goodies, including early access to the show. However you choose to get involved and show your support, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Flip Screen Games Podcast. Steve, The Last of Us Online is canceled. And I am interested in what that means for Sony's multiplayer aspirations. Oh, and, yeah. you know, originally I'm thinking we talk about that later, but I think in the context of the Spider-Man stuff, I'd like to jump ahead so that we can bring in what they've said here for context. So I'm going to read this and then you and I can have a conversation about how we feel about this and Sony's, you know, multiplayer aspirations moving forward in light of this, this update. So uh, Naughty Dog posted to their blog an update on The Last of Us Online. We realize many of you have been anticipating news around the project that we've been calling The Last of Us Online. There's no easy way to say this. We've made an incredibly difficult decision to stop development on that game. We know this news will be tough for many, especially our dedicated Last of Us Factions community who have been following our multiplayer ambitions ardently. We've equally crushed at the studio. I'm sorry, we're equally crushed at the studio as we were looking forward to putting it in your hands. We wanted to share with you some background on how we came to this decision. The multiplayer team has been in pre-production with this game since we were working on The Last of Us Part 2, crafting an experience we felt was unique and had tremendous potential. As the multiplayer team iterated on their concept for The Last of Us Online during this time, their vision crystallized, the gameplay got more refined and satisfying, and we were enthusiastic about the direction in which we were headed. In ramping up to full production, the massive scope of our ambition became clear. To release and support The Last of Us Online, we'd have to put all our studio resources behind supporting post-launch content for years to come, severely impacting development on future single-player games. So we had two paths in front of us, become a solely live service game studio or focus to or continue to focus on single player narrative games that have defined Naughty Dog's heritage. We are immediately or I'm sorry, we are immensely proud of everyone at the studio that touched this project. The learnings and investments in technology from this game will carry into how we develop our projects and will be invaluable in the direction we are headed as a studio. We have more than one ambitious brand new single player game that we're working on here at Naughty Dog. And cannot wait to share more about what comes next when we're ready. Until then, we're incredibly thankful to our community for your support throughout the years. So, mm. um, I find this deeply unsurprising. Oh yeah, same. I was, uh, I kind of assumed that we didn't even need a statement at this point. That they'd already put out the thing before that, where they basically said we paused the production on it. Like I kind of thought that was the end of it then, but to have this kind of crystallized the end of Jim Ryan's legacy of trying to pivot PlayStation to live services and completely failing. We had the Bungie layoffs, the fact that Destiny has just been a complete disaster for them this year. We've now got Naughty Dog saying that we didn't even realize when we ramped up to full production, whatever that means, how big of a project it was going to be and that the whole studio would have to become a live services studio. I just, it's just insane to me that this even happened, that this it was even, even possible to happen. It's almost like we were right, Steve. It's almost like games as a service is an unsustainable business model and that it's about catching lightning in a bottle 
and trying to repeat that again and again, and that it's a losing strategy. I think it can be a winning strategy. You just have to do it right. Like I do think, I do think there are some live service games that that have succeeded. There's the Fortnites, right? They're the pillars. But then there are the smaller titles, the the Hitmans, the Forzas, those kind of things. I consider live service games. Yeah, but I don't think that works in AAA, right? Like Hitman was considered enough of a failure by Square Enix that they let that studio go mm-hmm. and take the IP. Yeah, I mean. Well, some of the some of the decisions Square make are strange, you know, offloading all of their Western studios for. I don't think like that is that strange though. We talked about sell. it. Those games have historically not sold well. They are critically successful, but they do not sell. And like we as enthusiasts don't want to talk about that enough, right? Where it's like, why don't they make this? Why don't they make that? Why is it because they make what makes money? And you yeah, can say and that apparently you want... Marvel's what makes money over it. Yeah, but again, is that surprising that Spider-Man no, makes surprising. money? It's Spider-Man. I was I was surprised how little Ratchet & Clank made, though. Uh, and, and obviously that's because it was a launch title on a console that there wasn't really enough out there. And then it didn't have the staying power that they really needed it to have. But the Spider-Man remaster made them money. And, it, you know, granted, it was half the budget. It was 40 million instead of 70 instead of 81 million but i would have thought that they would have made that money back they should have put that game out on pc sooner or they should have held that game and released it at a later date when they had more of these consoles out in the wild because they kind of put that thing out to die and now it's seemingly we're not going to get one until 2029 i don't think those are related was on and that's the thing is, i don't i don't think those are related i really don't like i, I think um i think they knew that it was going to underperform because that's what happens with launch games and I think you bet on that with Ratchet and Clank because you know that Ratchet and Clank is like is what it is. And it's not a massive unit system seller. It's a game that is for the PlayStation diehards that are already there who bought the PlayStation 5 early. And we bought it and we liked it, right? I mm-hmm. think they knew that. And I think you saying the like, oh, you know, ostensibly that's why we're not getting one until 2029. I don't think that's true. I pulled up a tweet here um, from Jason Schreier that I wanted to reference, right? This was back. I'm trying to find the date on it. This was in January, beginning of this year. He said, fun fact, video game production cycles have gotten so long that if a big budget game studio started working on a brand new project today, it would likely be for the PlayStation 6. So that means one of two things, right? Um, This game is that far out because when they made Rift Apart, they had no plans to make a sequel, right? Because they knew that the next things they'd be working on were Spider-Man and then the next couple x-men games right because they had signed that deal. i don't think they knew about the x-men games until 2021 right but that's when rift apart came out rift apart came out in 2020 right when the ps5 came out no no it was not a launch it was a launch window game it was not a launch date game it's 2021 oh, okay okay right? interesting i mean I... you might you might be right i didn't have a, a ps5 on launch day i know spider-man came out day and date so it's quite no possible. it came out in june june 2021 so yeah so the they, idea... they yeah, so like if if they had plans to make another Ratchet and Clank game, it would have already been in development and it would be on this this timeline and it's not. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that it's because Ratchet and Clank underperformed. I think it's because Spider-Man is such a massive hit and they're taking a, another swing doing the X-Men stuff where it's like, look, and it's also like let's be real. Like, do they do we need them to make multiple Ratchet and Clank games a generation when we already have like 15 of them? I'd, I would have liked one. I'd have liked a Rivet game. I, I, really I would, would have, have too, 
But I think that like there's an argument to be made that like that is not the best use of their time as a studio, right? That like the uh financial returns are not really there for Ratchet and Clank. And I think creatively, the well's kind of been you know explored like it's like not to say that there aren't oper- like i was into the idea of getting like a rivet and kit style miles game i'm into the idea of another rift apart game i like that game a lot and also i recognize that it's a formula they've been cashing in on since the ps2 and that like the idea that maybe insomniac wants to spread their wings and work on other stuff and doesn't want to spend more time developing another ratchet game but is mm-hmm. fine committing to doing one for the ps6 I don't. I think that makes sense, actually. You know, because not only I, from a I, financial I know, standpoint, man. but from a creative standpoint, because getting to make a Wolverine game is something new. In the same way that getting no, to make I, a I Spider-Man I mean, game was something same, new. You know, it's the same thing of when the Campo Santo team joined Valve and they all stopped working on the game they were working on, and they all shifted over to working on Half-Life Alex or whatever projects they wanted to work on. And yeah. I remember seeing a bunch of the the team there tweeting once Half-Life Alex came out. It was like this was the dream. I got to work on what is ostensibly Half-Life 3, which is really fucking cool. I think what is a massive waste of this studio's time and talent is chasing that multiplayer dream that Jim Ryan seemingly shoved down everyone's neck. I'm so glad you brought that up. So let's, let's, let's circle back. Do you think there's any chance that any of these games come out? Because I don't think there is. Because yes, I think that that web one looks like far it enough could. along. Because we had a Spider-Man 2 online that's obviously not going to happen they've they seemingly have shifted to this spider-man the great web that could be a game that could then potentially integrate other characters from the spider-man universe that we don't know about that we haven't seen yet and they could build upon that do you think that actually happens because i don't like when you look at the the statement from naughty dog why is it different for Insomniac? They're not going to pivot to becoming a multiplayer. Well, they also studio. didn't say it was a live service game. They said it was a, a like a multiplayer game. It could be like a boxed multiplayer experience. But they compared to GTA Online. That's like that's yeah, live true. service. Like that is yeah, a game you have to support. Service. You know. What I don't understand it's possible, is why I guess, there's just not like another studio set up to go here and make these games. Zenimax did it. They did, had great success with Elder Scrolls Online. Why are they not doing the exact same thing? We're seeing thing? the inverse of it now, too, with that um, uh, Supermassive is making that Dead by Daylight single-player mm. game. It's like, yeah, let the single-player studios make single-player games, right? And and that's, I guess, my question is, like, we, we've we been talking about how it seems like Sony is pivoting away from live service. That was maybe a Jim Ryan-era thing, and that now they're they're pulling back because they're seeing that that is riskier than they thought. And, like, I wonder... Is that a thing that they want to bet the future of Insomniac on? Because right now, Insomniac is like the golden goose, dude. They've put out how many games in the last couple of years that have made massive profits? Like them making well, single I mean, player. Some of them made massive profits. Some of them made losses. But but, but yeah, I get not the point. not the PlayStation ones. Like Rift Apart, yes, but that has context, right? We know why that didn't do as well as it could, and we know why spider man did way better why wolverine will do way better and why any of the other marvel stuff that they do will do way better right because not only are these great games they have the built-in install base of people that fuck with the character right and with spider-man spider-man is the most popular superhero in the world right wolverine right up there so like Mm -hmm. the idea that those games will come out and be a critical success and a commercial success and then something that they can pivot to be like okay we made wolverine now let's make 
a spinoff game and the same engine and, and like go through that whole song and dance. I, I wonder if that's not a more profitable model for them. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't Even know what the is going to be moved forwards. Yeah, I, I, I agree, but it looks like that was their approach anyway. They had the Venom stuff on their timeline, but they were also had these multiplayer aspirations and like, no, they didn't though. Bre- Those are two different but ones. The, but the, the new great timeline has thing, Venom. The old one doesn't. It does. But the old one also doesn't have the great web, and the new one doesn't have the great web. We don't know That's where question, the multiplayer though. stuff. What if those games in. are canceled? Because in I, the I mean, in the uh, the extended timeline that you're listing, it has those on the timeline, and it places them in the context of their other releases, right? And mm-hmm. like based on, on you said this before, right? Like um, the Spider-Man Two multiplayer was supposed to come out. Like I don't think that's coming out. Do you? No, I don't think that's coming out. So if that's not get... coming out, like. I just, I, I feel like that puts that whole timeline into question. I mean, I think all of this is kind of in flux. You know, it's nothing sure. solid. Nothing's been announced. There's like everything changing. These pitch documents. Okay, I got another from... thing for you, though. Because you also made the point of, is one of those X-Men games an online game? There's one less <clears throat> X-Men game on this timeline, too. Yeah, but their agreement says they have to make three. By 2035. Does it say they need to make three games? Yeah. I don't see that. Where does it say that? It says release all games by that date. Uh, and it, so says, it's like... it says this stuff about them not putting out other games or whatever, but I don't see anything about the number of titles they have to do. No, fair, yeah, fair enough. And they're just putting a shitload of money into all of the games. And... If there was a number of games you needed to put out, it's one less X-Men game, but Venom is in there. So that could be it, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's interesting. I really wish this just wasn't even the thing that we were we were talking about, not just because of the, the, the hack, but also because of the, the fact that I just do not think these studios should be making multiplayer games unless that's what they really want to do, right? Yeah. If Naughty Dog was just like, we really want to make a multiplayer experience. We think we can do something that's really, really fucking good. I think even if they do, though, we don't want to do single player anymore, and sure, we're going to do right. this. But I—that's the thing—is I don't think any of these studios want that. I think they no. want it to be whereas, a yes whereas, and. Where, yeah, we'll do both. Yeah, and it's like you can't. Whereas Bungie clearly wanted to be the live service studio. They kind of invented that format with Destiny, and that was what they wanted to do. And they were funneled into that initial agreement with Activision of, "Well, you're going to make Destiny. You're going to make Destiny two. We're going to have Destiny three. We're going to have some DLC each year." They were following the Call of Duty format. But that was clearly not Bungie's vision. They wanted to have this one title that they continued to develop on. I don't think any of these studios want that. I don't think that's what they're good at. I think you should let people make the games they want to make. I would imagine that the reason we're not getting a Ratchet & Clank game, like you said, is because the studio wants to make these Marvel games. And everyone there is probably really excited at the fact that they've got the X-Men IP until 2035 and no one else is going to be making an X-Men game. So and there's never been like a good one, really. You know, like it's like there was like th- there's never been a marquee Wolverine video game in the way that there have mm-hmm. been for like Spider-Man, right? Like he was there was the X-Men Origins Wolverine game that was made by Raven that was cool or whatever, but it was a tie into a shitty movie, so ever nobody played it, you know? Um, yeah, like I get it. I get why they want to do that because it's a bigger stage for them, right? Like they've gotten so much attention uh for making the Spider-Man games and like for how good they are. 
And I think the idea that it's like, you know, any less creatively satisfying doesn't appear to be there, right? Like they seem yeah. to love making those games. So like, why not keep that going? Right. And then like, when you do shift back to making new IP in, you know, 2031 or whatever, that like it's after coming off of multiple game of the year contenders. And, and having... everyone's really excited about it. Yeah. Like, uh -huh. then you're just like oh, it's the studio that made Spider-Man and, and Venom. And, and it's and new. Right? It's, yeah. it's not just and it's another Ratchet and Clank. Right. Which I is don't know, like... though. I, I, I do think that Spider-Man, the great web document is fresh, is recent. If you look at the other, some of the other stuff that he's not spoken about, the internal slides on the gaming industry, where they talk about um, an industry shift, Microsoft Activision, uh, acquire, uh, acquisition yeah. of Activision Blizzard and all that yeah. stuff. It's from the same presentation. It's the same background. It's the same font. It's, it's the same presentation. It's just different slides from that presentation. So they're talking about like a, a threat from Call of Duty and what they need to do in order to kind of mitigate this. And my guess would be that they're, they're worried that they don't have anything to mitigate that risk. And Spider-Man The Great Web potentially could be that game that would mitigate that risk. It could. I, I guess is, the question is, do they still believe in that, though? Right? Because it's like, I agree with you about the timeline of this. Like, But my question is, is that new timeline that we're looking at, right? Is does that not have the multiplayer stuff on it because it's all been canceled, or is it just because it's not? It could just be that's the single player stuff, and the other one was marked as secret, so maybe it's people that don't know about that. It's also possible that there are more slides in that document that we just aren't seeing, right? Yeah, like the the other slides are part of a a, a, a group of three, so that's also possible. Like, who knows? But like, I don't think it's crazy to think that these don't come to pass that they don't ever materialize and like i yeah. think if any, if any of them were going to i think you're probably right that spider-man makes the most sense because it probably has the best chance to connect with a mass market and actually make money um but i don't know dude i think just... not releasing that if they don't release that pc day and day if that is a game that they go with yeah it's gonna do such a massive dis disservice to that game mm -hmm. that needs to come to multiple platforms Definitely. that's the reason call of duty succeeds it comes to everything you can right. play it everywhere exactly it's the only way you can build an audience for a multiplayer game like that. Really, really, you know? But I don't know. I just, like, I, I really wonder if they really are going to commit to this anymore. Like, or if they're going to decide that it's too risky. Because, like, you know, yeah, there's this bit in the slide about how some of the Sony pillars are already out. They, there's this thing where they're saying that they're already uh, old-fashioned and, like, they need to innovate and blah, 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 blah. But like, mm -hmm. I think pivoting to live service is already an old move. Like, we're I I genuinely believe that the industry is moving away from that model. I I do too. But they're also worried about the threat to PlayStation Plus, which is currently one point five billion dollars of annual revenue currently. That they would then have to fill that hole. And the way you get people to subscribe to PlayStation Plus, you make multiplayer games that people want to play. Sure. If I can play Call of Duty day and date for free over on Xbox because I get it with my Game Pass subscription, I don't need to pay $70 for that game and then also pay you a hundred and some dollars a year for a PlayStation Plus subscription, I kind of just get the game. I'm possibly likely to go down that route instead. Yeah and, I, yeah. and I would probably cancel my PlayStation Plus subscription if I still had it. But I guess the other question though is right, like they they are talking about investing all this money into these multiplayer games and into new initiatives for to develop these live service titles 
who's to say that that you couldn't just take that same money and invest it in in more single player stuff or or some of these smaller games that doesn't take, get you to subscribe to PS Plus unless you it bring does them if day you, and day. It does if you make it part of the um the rollout right with with um what's it called the uh playstation plus premium yeah all those freaking insane tiers right Mm. that's how you do it right you make it where it's like okay well maybe even if you don't do the day and date thing like xbox does you just have it where you have a higher volume of these games coming out that get people to subscribe i genuinely don't know why they don't do the day and date thing and just be like we're doubling the price if you want these games day and date you're paying for it like why is that just not a thing that they do you know even nintendo locks you in for a year if you buy the expansion pass for switch online just do that you get the yeah. money up front for the game you know people are gonna be locked to your platform then for at least a year and just give them the games that they want i don't know i mean i i i I recognize we're probably oversimplifying things to be like, just put out more games, just do more of this, just do more of that. But my point is, that like, 100% we are, yeah. But, but point being, I think that putting all their eggs in that basket is also not a reasonable strategy. And if, if, if the argument here is they either need to make live service games or they're doomed, then, then they're doomed. And I, 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 I genuinely don't understand that, though, from, from their perspective. It's just so bizarre. Like, I think they do need some kind of multiplayer stuff, right? They're, they're really one of the big three that don't really have anything. You know, Nintendo was succeeded with Mario Kart and Splatoon, and people are subscribing to their online platform because you get all these old games included. And obviously, PlayStation tried to ape that with the PlayStation Plus, like, like deluxe tier, and you got the retro games. Microsoft's got a bunch of multiplayer stuff. They own Minecraft. They've got Call of Duty now. Sony doesn't really have anything, and I think they do need to expand and look to do something. They've obviously been trying to do stuff with new IP, with the acquisition of Jade Raymond's studio and bringing all of that stuff in. Maybe that's the strategy. You get these studios who are built from the ground up to make these live service or multiplayer experiences, and you sell those to people, or you give them away. Like free to play should be part of their strategy, and it doesn't ever seem to cross their mind. It always seems to be, well, we've got to sell these games for so many dollars. We're going to make a box copy and sell it for so many dollars. I don't know many people who want to buy a multiplayer game. They just want to download it and they want to pay for skins and cosmetics and subscriptions and yeah, season passes. Like, that is such a tough thing for a big publisher to do because then you need to have studios that all they do is support this one game. That's what, that's what they need. They right, but what shit. happens if that game is bad? You know, like yeah. it's just, and it's, I, I don't think that that model makes sense. It's the same fucking thing that we've talked about with like why it didn't make sense for Disney to make video games and why they got out of video games, why it doesn't make sense for Amazon to make video games and why I assume that they will get out of it eventually and why Google didn't stick around because for big companies, like, it doesn't make sense to do that kind of thing. I just, I, I, at least I don't think so, right? Because with a single player game, if the game comes out and it doesn't work, right? And it, and it flops, you have whatever return you got and you can either pivot that studio to their next project or you can close them down, right? But like- They've got to just be the only, the only big publisher not doing it though. You look at everyone else, EA, they've got one. You've got Ubisoft, they've got one. You look at- uh, embrace the group. They've got a ton of them. They seem to shut yeah. down every single day. You know, all of these. It's other just like I think it's an easier business model for something. them, though, because th those games are going to come out multi-platform. 
right? That's like, the problem. They need to go multi-platform with the multiplayer experiences. But, uh, but I guess the that, question is, like, do they, though? Because it's like, is the like is their business model to sell consoles, right? No. Yeah, it is, though. It isn't for Xbox, but it is for PlayStation. And the argument that you're going to sell boxes with a multiplayer game is like, I don't really think that's what it is. I think it's you make a multiplayer game to make money on a multiplayer game. And I mean, that when it works, it works, but it also can very easily not look at destiny. Destiny is supposed to be unshakable. It's losing money and it could easily dry up when this last expansion comes out and they don't successfully transfer people over to the next thing. That's an easy thing that could happen. And that moment could just be over and that money could mm -hmm. just be gone. And, you know, and I know that, you know, I sound like I'm a fanboy banging the drum for single player, but the difference is that single player games cost less to make too. You spend more time and more money making a big, high quality multiplayer game, and then you need to spend money to continue to support it forever. Yeah, and I mean, there was a good discussion really on tough, man. There was a good discussion on Digital Foundry's podcast uh, this week, which I I recommend people go listen to. I mean, it was about like the death of the small single player experience. Why did Naughty Dog have to turn what was a great multiplayer experience with, with factions into a full-blown live service game that was separate that then needed an entire studio to support it ongoing in perpetuity with new content to get people to stay in the game? Because that's the only way that they make money, the way that people want multiplayer games to make money, right? Like, there was a whole wave of games back when Naughty Dog's original Last of Us factions came out. Yeah. Where every game had a multiplayer mode, and that was the at the time model for this is how we'll get them to not sell the game back to gamestop and lose money on people buying yeah. copies and now that's not the problem anymore the problem is oh we need to make a multiplayer game so we can have a billion dollar maker like fortnite or call of duty and which i that just is don't understand why can't it be goal. why can't it be the goal is i want people to stay subscribed to playstation plus and stay using their playstation and with their be. eyes on the screen it can be, but like again, how do you do that? You know, it's like I, I give out a free multiplayer experience. They just did a massive free DLC for God of War Ragnarok that added a whole new mode and a bunch of new content. Why can't you just be like, okay, the really massive big single player experience, multiplayer experience for The Last of Us is cancelled for his factions in The Last of Us Part One. And you can download that, and it's now part of it. Because we're getting the remaster of The Last of Us Part 2 on PlayStation next year with the lost levels and all of that. Chuck in the multiplayer experience. Just give it to us. You've already built the bloody thing on PlayStation 4. Yeah. I mean, you could. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I think something like that I could see making sense, but that's because it's bringing back legacy content, you know, which is like, it's mm -hmm. just not the same thing. I don't know. It, it, like, I think at the end of the day, the bottom line for all this stuff is money. Right. It's like the stuff yeah. needs to make money. And I don't think putting a multiplayer mode in The Last of Us that isn't a live service game that you can spend money on in a season pass or whatever makes The Last of Us Part Two sell better. And if it doesn't do that, then what is the point? Because at a certain point, right, like whatever, what, however you want to slice it, whether it's money, whether it's time, whatever, every decision you make at a game studio limits you making a different decision so mm -hmm. deciding to put time and money into making a multiplayer version uh, or mode 
for The Last of Us Part Two that isn't going to increase sales, that isn't going to uh, move the needle for the success of the product, either critically or commercially, then what is the point of it, right? Because that's just time and money wasted. That's time that could have been put towards a Left Behind style DLC. That's time and money that could have been put towards another single player game, getting more people working on it. That could be time and money that could be spent towards uh, a remake of Uncharted that'll sell like a new game. Those are better uses of their time. Those are all better uses of Naughty Dog's time than making a, a, a multiplayer mode. They just are. Unless that multiplayer mode comes out and erupts and takes the world over and becomes a huge driver of revenue, right? And A, that's a big if, my man. And B, as they pointed out, then you have to have either the entire arm of that studio or maybe in the case of somebody like Insomniac where they are already bigger, you know, half, right? And that's conservative. Like, it's probably yeah. more than that of the studio pivot to supporting that one game rather than working on new games, right? And that's not only just, you know, with like Insomniac, maybe doing new IP, right? Doing another Marvel character, doing these other things that could become multi-million sellers like Spider-Man. It's also something with Naughty Dog, like making a new IP, which you can then make into a new franchise, which you can then re-release, which you can then make an HBO series off of, that you can then make merch off of. Like it, all of that stuff, should be factored in, right? Because like there is more, uh, there are more ways to monetize a game than putting out a single game. And I think Sony's shown that through the money they've made on Miles, through the money they've made on remakes of, of Last of Us and stuff like that. Like they've figured out ways to leverage games to last longer and make more money and have a bigger footprint aside from multiplayer. And I hope that they see that because I think it is a real mistake for them to have a studio like Insomniac pivot a huge portion of their energy towards making multiplayer games. Because I think it is just something that is not going to have legs in the long term and is not going to be a, 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 a thing you can hang your hat on and come back to the way you could with like Spider-Man Remastered, for example, as well, right? A game that came out in 2018, they resold it again on PC where it did really well, and then they just resold it again on PS5 where it did really well. like. That to me is is what they should be focusing on, right? Is how do we take something like a Spider-Man 2 and cash in on it multiple times so that the investment that we made is is more than just whatever its sales are in the first year it comes out. I I completely agree with you. And I think that's why DLC was was a uh, you know in, invented, right? It pays for the the development and, and sucks up the cost. I've just pasted another, uh, another <laughs> more more stuff comes out constantly, and I'm sure it will continue to do so. Um, but these are more documents from that same slideshow talking about the Great Web. Um, they have a timeline in here: R and D in 2021 and 2022, pre-production on the game in 2022, 2023. Oh, yo, this concept art looks cool. <laughs> oh yeah, wait till you, if you scroll down and click show more. There's like the sample roadmap is based on issues of comics, um, and each season will be like season one, issue one was Venomous Volition, and then it's Madness in Mysteria. They've got like all sorts of battle pass stuff. Like they've really thought this game out. Cool. It's definitely been in pre-production. 
whether they ramp up to full production. And it goes all the way to 2030, which is crazy. It, it does, yeah. They've, um, they have a plan in place for seasons one to season eight with two teams, a fall team and a spring team working on it at um, any, any given time. So um, it's quite possible. It's codenamed I-32. So, Who knows? Um, I mean, this, this is, like I said, if any of them are going to come to pass, this one makes the most sense, right? Yeah. Then this is a release in 2026, if it does happen. Which will be the same year as Wolverine. Which isn't happening. So well, we that's the other that. thing, right? It's like, I, they did think this out, but, like, they're already behind. Yeah, I mean, we don't know that it's not going to happen. And they could be using the exact same city that they've already built for Spider-Man and for Venom. And you bring that forward and you carry on and you make this game. You know, the character bottle looks really cool as well. And the, and the different archetypes. I think this game looks really cool. If it does happen, I think this might be that, that game, that multiplayer Spider-Man game that you've been looking for. Yeah. Hey, man. I'd be happy to be wrong, right? If it comes out and it's actually good, great. But I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Ball order. Ball order. <laughs> but I, 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 this is an idea that makes a lot more sense to me than some of the others that have been presented. But like, I thought the Last of Us factions made sense too. So each season being a comic book, though, like that's so cool. And they've all got yeah. like seasonal events within them. Like it's such a cool idea. In theory. Yeah, in theory. But you know, a lot here's my thing. Though. Got, what is the moment the moment gameplay there. in that, right? There's the boss battles that they showed off, but then is it like going and doing like little side missions, which is the thing that everybody says is the most boring part of that game besides me? <laughs> I don't know. They say there's a story. There's a story. There's a battle pass, new mechanics, new co- new characters, yeah. a villain scheme experience, different dimensions to go into. Yeah. There's a five-hour quest line. There's a lot you can do with it. Too. I, yeah. We'll see. I mean, I, I really like Insomniac as a studio. So, like, you know, they're one where, like, they can figure it out. They know how to make stuff that's fun. And I, mm-hmm. I, I give them that. So, um, I won't sit here and say it's impossible. But, you know, I think we both said our piece, right? I think it's clear where we land. So, you know, um, I, I hope that either they pivot and that this never comes to fruition, or if this does come to fruition, that this is the one that, uh, has some legs, I guess. But I also worry that like, if it's successful, then it becomes the, okay, great. This is the proof that this can work. And can it though? Or is Spider-Man just popular? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a weird one. Apparently, the concept arts in that um document I gave you were done by Visceral. Oh, so. interesting. Didn't it's... they get shut down? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. I think you're right though. Yeah, no, they can't have been done by Visceral then. That was done in 2017. Steve, it could be. This is the whole problem. <laughs> it could be extremely old. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, it could be like concept art done way back in the day. Oh, maybe it's the archetypes they're talking about that was pulled from a 2017 game that Visceral worked on. Ah, uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Because the, the art scale thing, right? Yeah. With the Hulk? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just, just shoving that in. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. 
Anyway, we'll leave it there for the day. If you guys want to let us know what you think about this or any of the other stuff we discuss on today's show, uh, make sure you write into us questions at flipscreen.games. Uh, flipscreen.games is the website. You can come join the Discord, keep the conversation rolling between episodes. Uh, be there for the conversation when stories like these break because we were talking about it with people in the Discord well before we sat down to record today. So uh, definitely worth your time to come hang out if you want a place to chat games uh, in a fun, inclusive environment. Um, definitely come hang out with us over there. And uh, of course, like I said, flipscreen.games, that's a website. However you choose to get involved, that's where you should go. Go and click on some stuff, show your support, become a patron, however you choose to get involved. We thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Flip Screen Games podcast. Remember, this is our last regular episode of the year, but it is not our last show of the year. We have a major event next week, the Flip Screen Games Annual Number 2, where we will be having an epic game show showdown flip screen games mania make sure you go and tune in you're not going to want to miss it any final thoughts steve for the for the kids for the year just thank you all so much for listening and contributing to the community and just being here it's always really humbling to have different people write in and talk engage with us and just listen to the show like I don't know. It feels like sometimes we just talk, me and you're just having a conversation as friends and it's just the, the camera's on and the mics are on. And um, the fact that people want to listen to that is is fun, even though if we argue and disagree half the time. And next year, Pete, is the year I win a game. I am determined to win something Boy. in 2024. Yeah, I hope so. I hope, I hope so for your case. That's when you know it's bad, when, you're, when your greatest rival starts to root for you. You know, it's like, I hope you get a W2. You buddy. know, I'm getting the predictions. We're going to we'll recap in January and figure out who won the predictions for 2023. Spoiler, it wasn't me. And um, we can figure out the new predictions for 2024. Yeah, you know, um, I I hope uh, I I wish you the best. You know, I hope I hope that you uh, will will be able to get a W. But I feel like you and I are very quickly approaching a like Harlem Globetrotters versus Washington Generals situation where you know I'm just I'm doing backflips, I'm dunking off of you know the I'm I'm jumping off ladders and stuff. I'm putting on Spider Man masks and throwing basketballs behind my head, and and you're just bunch of white guys that couldn't make it in the italian league you know i don't know no, I'm, i i know i have i am very aware i am and terrible at all of the games that we put forward <laughs> i need to come up with some kind of game that you need I to invent the game to where you have an yeah event. i'm gonna invent a game that i'm gonna win it's gonna be like <laughs> i don't know programming challenges and you'll have to like figure out some code or whatever and we'll do we'll do that yeah Let's do that. Or, or, Who am I be playing against? Pete. Because be, if you put the game Pete. together, you can't compete. So then I'm just going to clown on Max or whoever whoever else can't go. You know what? That would be out. so fun. Like, I'd love to like come up with something on like the Steam Deck podcast or whatever, like where you, you both you have to figure out how to install Chiaki on your own without looking at anything. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> I'll cheat if you want. Yeah, I mean, I can win if I can cheat. Anyway. Thank you guys for joining us for another show. It's been the longest outro I think we've ever done. Thank you guys for joining <laughs> us for another one. I echo Steve's sentiments. Uh, thank you for another great year. Thank you guys for supporting the show. It's been a really great year for the show and for the channel in general. Um, you guys have, have shown an incredible amount of support for what we've been doing. And uh, we've got some really, really exciting stuff lined up for next year as well. So I hope you are uh, as excited as we are to, uh, to be a part of it. So uh, thanks again for tuning in for the crew. I've been Pete. He's been Steve. We'll see you next week.